Good morning and welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad you are here worshiping with us on this fifth Sunday in Lent as we continue through Paul's letter to the Philippians. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey and I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel, along with Pastor Bob Thomas, our Pastor Emeritus, who is today's online host. So if you are worshiping with us on Facebook or on YouTube, drop a note in the comment section uh, just saying good morning to Pastor Bob and he will be sure to respond to you today. As we move closer to Easter, just a reminder about some things that are upcoming uh, this next week, Holy Week. Uh, next Saturday, March 27th, our children are invited to an Easter trail where children will get to um, be outside on Stony Brook property and moving throughout our campus to find the joy of Easter. As Miss Kristen has planned a safe event for our children, we are asking that all children and families be registered for this event so that the timing of the day can be kept according to keeping everybody's safety in mind. And Holy Week continues with next Sunday, Palm Sunday. Uh, we will be worshiping at our eight o'clock worship service in person, our 9.30 worship service will also be in person and online, as well as our 11 o'clock worship service in person and online as well. We will have Monday, Thursday, worshiping at 7 p.m., both in person and online, as well as Good Friday, which will be happening at noon on Good Friday, also in person and online. On Easter Sunday, we've planned five different worship services for you to experience. You will have your choice of a sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. This will be an online-only offering. Uh, at 8 a.m., we will have our traditional worship service, which will only be in person. Both 9.30 and 11 will be online and in person. And then we are adding for Easter only a 12.30 p.m. worship service outside at our chapel. This will be an in-person service only. For all of the in-person worship services, should you wish to join us in that way, you are required to pre-register for the worship experience so that we have a list of all of those who will be here and can keep our numbers in alignment with our safety guidelines. I invite you at this time to turn your hearts and your heads uh, to worship as Rob and Christina Sebriak lead us in our prelude today.
join me in a spirit of prayer. Gracious God, make us sensitive to all of the evidences of your goodness. And may we, trusting in you, free ourselves of the terror of death and feel free to live intensely and happily the life you have given us. Amen. turn our hearts to God in a spirit of prayer. God of relationship, you created us for community. It is in community that we come to know you more deeply through the love, encouragement, and challenge we receive and give to others. Thank you for this gift, O oh God. As a community, we mourn together the losses we've experienced and the pain which comes from living. We grieve at the horror of the lives taken in Atlanta and, and ongoing injustices we see throughout the world. Our hearts ache from worry that we have for our loved ones who struggle. Our souls are heavy with the fatigue from the pandemic. Comfort all, comfort all who hurt today, O oh God.
wrap your arms around each of us, those who hurt, those who grieve, those who are lonely. Wrap your arms around us as we offer you our hearts. As a community, we get to worship and struggle and celebrate and work and encourage. We are grateful that things are moving in a direction where we can start to be together again. And yet there remains anxiety and concern. Help each of us hold in tension the needs of all, not just our own. Move us in ways that benefit the whole community, not just ourselves. Help us to be the church that you designed, one of love, support, justice, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. We pray all of this in the name of Christ Jesus. And now join our voices together, praying the prayer that he taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
You bless us and you take us to the mountaintop. Amen. Thank you, Miss Pat. Uh, friends, it is a day in which I find myself kind of dancing a bit. Uh, the joy of the Lord is in my feet. For today, we've the beginning of the unfolding of how we will finish well and move into the future is about us. I kind of giggled as I pulled into the parking lot. It is, it is a hard and fast rule in my world that as long as I can walk across the parking lot, I go to the farthest away parking place so that I can make space for others. It's just something I've done. And, and I literally danced across the parking lot because I parked far away. And it, it's such a good thing to be in the presence of Stony Brook's ministry as we start our process of reopening. I also want to give thanks for the way in which sometimes the understanding of how hard it is to shift gears is a part of our lives. Now, I don't know if you do much Facebook work, but I just do enough to be dangerous. And I had to giggle when I ran across the uh, picture of the dog with a sign that said, you may be changing the clocks, my feeding time doesn't change. So we did that last week, and now this week we're starting reopening, and next week we get even fuller, and by the way, Easter is coming, and you know, folks, just put your roller skates on and relax. We're going to make this. It's going to be okay, and we are going to give thanks for the way in which we remember what it is to live into finishing well and moving forward in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to continue our work together as we have been claiming the letter to the Philippians. We chose this because of the depth of honesty that our brother has with that there are some really hard things in life and yet God moves in and through them. You can find the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what. So we're in our second chapter of the Philippians with the 19th verse. Let me read some of these words to you. Don't ever hesitate to bring your own Bible to the cause and open it up. One of the basic ways of being biblically literate is to look at multiple translations. It will open your mind and deepen your heart for the gift of sacred word. Hear these words. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will, genuine, who will be genuinely concerned about your welfare all of them are seeking their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy's worth is known to you. How like a son with a father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I will also come soon. Still, 
I think it is necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for all of you and has been distressed because he heard that he, that because you heard that he was ill. He was indeed so ill that he nearly died, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. I am more eager to send him, therefore, in order that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Welcome him, then, in the Lord with all joy and honor such people because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his own life to make up for these services that you could not give me. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this thy servant, speak to these your beloved ones who have listened to these words and now seek your encouragement and your courage to live accordingly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And together we say, amen. How wonderful it is to have uh, an honest disciple speak to some very distinctly human cues. It happens regularly and often that as we live our days, we bump into our humanity. It happened not long ago. I got a phone call. Hey, Mary Jo, I have an opportunity, but I need permission to take some vacation time. I know that I'm not meeting the two-week mandatory informing you or asking you, but I really want to do this. Well, Ben, let me hear what's going on. Well, remember I was, I've shared with you that I was a foster parent. Our family fosters children. Well, there's a pair of them down in Florida. Their family is going through a massive overhaul of where they can live and finding a new place and doing all of that moving thing. Now, I have to confess to you, when it comes to moving, I have deep compassion. And Ben was asking if he and his family could take some vacation days that he had and go down and help this family do the moving, that they would play with the kids and entertain the kids so that the packing could get done and the changing could... Yeah, uh, um, has anybody ever been shipped off to somebody else's house when their family was moving-minded? My response was... You got the time, you've got the blessing. Go with God. And in my mind, I just kind of went, you know, when you intersect with somebody's life, sometimes the connection stays dynamic and alive, even when you're separated by states, even when you're separated by distance, very much like even when you're separated by being imprisoned like our brother Paul. 
the blessing was given and off they went and I was grateful. I wished I, wished I had said one thing to, to Ben as he traveled out. I said, I wished I had encouraged him to take the time to help this family learn that you have to make connections where you're living. You have to live where God has planted you. And to make these kinds of connections is all about the faith. So that the day comes that if, if Ben and his family can't come and help, you have a network of community to assist. That network of community is lived into these words from our brother Paul. He speaks of Timothy, who is his right and left hand, and how much of a, a brother he is. And then he also speaks of Epaphroditus, who is also a part of his intimate relationship care, both of which come and go at different points. There's not a figure it out, and that's the way it is forever. They have to work it. Ephroditus is the one who brings a gift from Philippi to Paul so that he might be encouraged and strengthened in his work. Timothy is his encourager. These relationships are powerful. These relationships give courage and strength. I'm uh, very curious about relationships these days. How do you encourage a good one? How do you nurture them? When do you know that they are of God? I, I, I liken it to the image of a shared room in a motel. Uh, I was quite young when I first saw this marvelous invention. We were going to stay in two rooms. They were adjoining rooms. And when I rolled into the first room, I, I looked around and I went, where does that door go? And I unlocked the door without permission and I opened the door without permission and there was another door. Well, this was very confusing to me because it was obvious that it was a door, but it didn't have a lock and it didn't have a handle, and this mystified me. Dad said, go ahead, knock on the door. So I knocked on the door, and I heard the lock unbolt, and I heard the door handle swing, and the other door opened, and that, that moment I understood what adjoining rooms were. Now, I also had a brother who liked to tease, and he immediately slammed the door and locked it on me, and then I began to bang on it. You know, siblings are siblings, it's the way of life. I've often thought that this is a powerful illustration about what relationships are. I can only manage my door, and I can only manage my side of it. If I want a relationship, I have to unbolt it, take the handle, and open it. But you know what? If the other side is locked and closed, the other side is locked and closed. And even a little girl can figure out pretty quickly that all the banging on the door does nothing. Sometimes you have to wait. You have to wait for the door to open. 
Paul is absolutely aware of the fact that he is in many ways in lockdown. Not only is his door of his heart open, but the doors of the prison walls have been closed and he's not able or allowed to do what comes naturally for him. So in the midst of this letter, we can see the ways in which things are getting worked around and worked through and still remaining fully human. Willing to own that there are other people who are doing things that he believes are full of harm. That there are other people that their life circumstances grieve his spirit. That there are other things that make him anxious. See, even Paul is fully human. It is a hard piece of work to be fully human. Good friends, being young and new to the pastoral ministry, a late night phone call came into the house and the message was, a member of your church named Patty is here in the emergency room. You must get here. This is what pastors do. When called, they go. When they can find out, they go. When they can read people's minds, they go. But when phone calls like this come, you don't know what's sitting for you. I arrived at the hospital and went to be with Patty. And she looked up at me and said, what do I do now? How do I get up tomorrow morning when I know that I just killed my son? The icy roads had formed, the, snow of blan the blanket of snow had taken over, and it was an accident, not intentional, not even the ability to see it coming. And how, Mary Jo, do I get up tomorrow knowing that I've killed my son. These hard edges, these anxious moments, these fully, without a doubt, human being kinds of moments teach us what carries our hearts. We walked together for many days after that, and what she discovered was that the only gift that she had to offer after that tragic moment was to live life as God brought it to her to the best of her ability. And she did. Patty taught me that you bring it all to the Lord, not just the nice times, not just the fruitful times, but also the tragic times. We control our door, we keep it open, and we welcome life as it really happens. In the beginning of this sermon, I talked about how Ben and his family 
continue to respond and love and engage some children who are called foster children. It is a part of my life also. As you know, I am one of five, four girls, one boy, and I jokingly say I'm number four, the nondescript. Not first, not boy, not last, not middle. Right there. The other thing that you don't know is that we also had five foster children in my growing up days. Four girls and one boy. Uh, during my adult life, I had the privilege of going to a church for a meeting. Notice how I said that. I had the privilege of going to a church for a meeting, like we always do. In that meeting, there were a whole lot of people I didn't know because we were gathering from all over the district. We went and took that time to go around the table and introduce ourselves, what church we were from. And I said my name and the church, and it continued. But I did notice that there was a woman over here who suddenly sat up straight at my name. And I went... Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We had our meeting. We were having a social time after, and this woman made a beeline right for me. And she said, she introduced herself again, and she said, would you be Joanne Lois's daughter? Yeah, I would be. And she said, do you remember a little boy named Joel? And I stopped and I went, Joel. Remember, I'm really bad at names. We've owned that. She goes, yeah, one of your foster children. Oh, yeah, little Joel. It's hard to forget the only boy. And she said, I'm Joel's mom. <laughs> that never happens. You never walk into a church meeting and discover that the mother of the foster child who left your home years ago is sitting with you in a meeting. And she started telling me all about what Joel was doing. I said, hang on, wait a minute. And I started taking notes because I knew mom and dad would be interested. And she goes, I want to tell you something. Our family is blessed with two children who have been chosen by us and God to create a family. We were greatly pleased to adopt Joel, and Joel has a younger sister. There was a pause in the conversation, and I couldn't figure out why the pause. And then she went on to say, but I have to tell you, adoption was hard on her. Life is still hard for her but she knows that she's loved even though it's hard and that's just the way it is but I have to tell you Mary Jo I have a theory I have a theory that had she arrived as a foster child into a family that literally passed all babies around to everybody and everybody got to hug and love on babies, she, she might have had a different story. For when Joel entered our lives, Joel was never excluded from 
anything. And he was loved on by everybody. The joy of opening your door is that when God brings somebody to you, brings a situation to you, brings the very realness of life to you, God will walk with you into it and show you the kisses of heaven that come if there is nothing else that you get from Paul, it's the reality that the circumstances may alter the decisions, but the power of the joy is in loving what God brings you. To live well, to keep the doors open, to be fully invested is what Paul is encouraging us to do. And we shall do it whether we're in the midst of a pandemic, whether we're in the midst of great generosity, these are not conditional on our response. We will live fully as our brothers are being sent by Paul. So we also stand and say, Jesus, I belong to you and I will find you where I am be it a foster child, be it a neighbor, be it the world, we shall live. Amen? Let us use the servant's song as our response and a moment to discern how it is you want to live this week. Thank you.